1: Both from the same state, here's Alex Tuck with a shot, he scores! Alex Tuck down the right side, gets the Sabres within three, trailing 5-2 to two with 11.59 remaining in the third period. Happy Wednesday morning, rough one for the Sabres last night, it's one of your uh, highlights of the game for the moments in your life, go 4th and 4th. Paul Hamilton joins us on the Western Hotline. Our Sabres Beat reporter, his reports are brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. All right, Paul, well, that was one of the more disappointing, I want to say outcomes, but periods of the year. I mean, for a fan base here that may have not been totally in attendance as Toronto took over the building, but you know, fans were pretty fired up for a a, a big game against a team that it's fun to beat and just nothing out of the gate.
2: Complete and total no-show, and there's no excuse for it, none. I mean, they have had five periods now since they've been back from break where they've given up three or four goals. Five. You shouldn't have five periods where you give up three or four goals all year. I mean, I know it happens from time to time, but to to come out in the first period and be – I mean, they didn't, couldn't even have a shot mentality because they never crossed the red line the whole time. They never had the puck. I mean, they would have been shoot, shooting from their own end to have a shooting mentality. Um, And they just, nothing. I mean, I used to see players get mad, you know, this year with this group. You know, when things didn't go well, they would get mad. I mean, you you let your arch rival walk into your rink, laugh at you, and just do whatever they want, and nothing except from Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck was the only one that I thought showed any passion, any anger. He showed up after the game, and a couple of other guys maybe could have also. Now, to be fair, if you ask for them, they'll come back. But uh, I didn't have to ask for Alex Tuck. He was standing yeah. there, waiting to be held accountable. And to me, in the first period, he was the only guy that I saw that had showed any passion or anything whatsoever. I mean, get mad. Yeah. I mean, put the Leafs on notice that you're not going to be laughed at and let them walk into your building and just do whatever they want.
1: Jeremy White, Jody Biase here with Paul Hamilton. Joe, I didn't mention this yet on the show. It's it. It takes a a lot. I figure we're gonna to talk to Paul today on the show during the game. I sent a text to Paul and said, "When's the last time somebody got mad?" And Paul, like, you know, yeah. you, to hear you talk about this, it's what is it? Young team. They don't want to. They're they're still finding themselves because.
0: Well, was, the youth. You mentioned he mentions Tuck got mad, and I don't know if you noticed, it, Paul, but I saw Kyle Oposo behind a play, kind of throw a jab at somebody. And I started watching him. I don't know how overtly he was running around, but Ukpoko also to me, I noticed the whole game like he was taking runs at guys, and he was definitely. I would want to say that he was definitely showing that passion too. But yeah, is it maybe an age thing? I don't know where you go with that part of it.
2: Yeah what what happened to Dylan Cousins? I mean, he's been playing okay, but it just I don't see the fire. That I used to see. I mean, last year Dylan Cousins wouldn't have put up with that. I mean, just just show you're alive. Show that that it matters. And as I said, this this group I've seen it before. I've seen Darlene and Cousins, and didn't Libushkin Libushkin be brought in here to you know be a little bit more of a physical presence for a defense that wasn't all that physical? Where's he? I mean. I don't need to see a riot out there or anything, but I, I I wouldn't mind seeing one of the Leafs deposited on the seat of their <laughs> pants. You know, who, who are sitting there dancing around the the front of the net. Nobody's everybody's just standing there watching them. It's like wow, these guys are good hockey players. Let's let's sit back and just take this in. You know, this is wow. Look at them pass. They're really talented, and we'll just stand there and let them walk in uh, the our arch rival. Just come in and take over our arena, and that—that's cool, you know. Because the boy, they're talented hockey players. Boy, aren't they fun to watch? Because they—that's all they did is watch them. They didn't do anything at all. They didn't, you know. They just basically stood there and and didn't compete, didn't do anything. And then when it was five nothing, they decided, okay, let's see if we can maybe come back now. Well, yeah. I, congratulations, you did score three goals. You shouldn't have scored any of them because the goaltender should have stopped all three of them. And you're right. If you want to say you can build on that, go ahead and try that. But the Leafs also were ahead 5-0, and they're just to a point now where they're like, okay, let's get this over with and go home.
1: You know, Paul, whenever there's a game like this, you mentioned the number of three- and four-goal periods. I feel like the last couple times I've said to you, all right, is this just a one-off or are we seeing a recurring problem that – the general manager has to address or the coach has to address so is it that the defense core just isn't built to where it needs to be is it that the goalie maybe you needed to save on the first or the fourth goal is it the coach's style just that they don't have the roster yet to play it fully what do you see that kevin adams can do about it or should do about it if anything
2: well, their, their defense isn't the – these aren't the six guys that I think you're winning a championship with. I still think, you know, they've got nobody to move into their top four when somebody gets hurt. And, you know, I, I think they have a, a top four. And I think they, they need to go from there. I, I think uh, Jacob Bryson's regressed. Um, Clegg's all right if you for your number seven to just throw in there when you have an injury or something. But Labushkin – he's been hurt a lot and i just haven't seen really he hasn't helped your penalty kill they're still one of the worst penalty killing that their penalty kill was absolutely i i have no words to to, that to, to i mean anderson absolutely stood on his head till it got to the point where he couldn't make a save anymore i mean as as the other four guys who were supposedly killing a penalty just stood there and spun like tops as as the as as the uh, Harlem Globetrotters of the hockey were just putting on a clinic down there and Anderson made what three saves or something like that and until finally he just couldn't make another one and Nylander scored and it's just i i just i don't understand how your pride doesn't get the best of you And I understand that sometimes you come out and you don't have anything, you got nothing, but you can at least show up. And to me, you know, the coaching staff has to look at itself too. How do you let your team come out that unprepared and then after the game, bring up your nine-day break again? The nine-day break should not be brought up again. That's over with. That was, what, a week and a half ago? Sorry, this had nothing to do with a nine-day break this game
1: and on coaching staff and what could change Paul the penalty kill has been something hurting them all year long I mean it doesn't necessarily kill them last night because they give up plenty of even strength but if you want to look at some place this team could make a change or maybe would identify where they need help they are 30th in the league on the penalty kill mm-hmm.
2: and they brought in Tyson Jost okay fine I have no problem with that to try to help with this like all right we can try somebody on waivers and see if he can help and Tyson Joseph's been an okay player, but he hasn't helped penalty kill. I mean, it's still horrendous, Uh, night in and night out for the most part. And now they had gone two straight games without giving up a power play goal, but there was only three attempts in those two games, you know, that they had won. So the penalty kill went three for three, but – yeah, I'm, I'm piling on here, but because it was four nothing by the time the penalty kill came out and and looked like the Sabers looked early in the game, but that that was as bad as it gets. I I don't think you could kill a penalty any worse than they did in, in that in that very short period of time that that, that uh, the Leafs finally scored. So they certainly have work to do, but. I, it just concerns me greatly that this team wasn't ready to play and grenado has got to find a way. Maybe, maybe he babies these guys too much. You know, I I understand his philosophy of, you know, we want, you know, we're not going to point out negatives. We want to, you know, work on the positives and that type of thing. And, but you know what, maybe it's time for some people to get benched for a little while. Yeah, and, you- and, 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 you know, he doesn't like doing that. And, Maybe that's something that he needs to start doing.
1: You know, criticisms of Granato have not been abundant because things have, you know, started to go well. But when to use timeouts, when to pull a goaltender, you feel like he's been a little slow on that kind of stuff as well?
2: Yeah, but in this game he did it when he should have. But, I mean, and I, I understand after the game he wants to stand up for his young goaltender. That's cool. I mean, his young goaltender deserved to be pulled. I'm I'm sorry, his young goaltender wasn't any better. Than his team was. I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming him as part of the team. He was part. He was his his part of the problem was there too. I mean, he was part of the problem. He. I mean, you 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 needed a couple of saves in there, and you didn't get them. Case closed. I mean, he he needed to be pulled for because he wasn't playing well and there were about 17 other skaters that needed to be pulled too but you couldn't i mean you couldn't dress 17 new guys so it wasn't was it his fault they lost no but he certainly could have helped things if he could have come up with a big save like he did in san jose but uh you know right now for him in the last what four or five starts san jose's been the outlier you know he's he was in net for Carolina. He was in net for Calgary. He was in net for this, and it's not going well for him lately. And I'm not at all saying he shouldn't be there. I, I would still make have him the starting goalie,
0: but he needs to be better. Paul, I I wonder. It sounds like doomsday a little bit here. They did have like a 46 percent chance at some sites to make the playoffs going into last night. So it's not it's not all bad here, but. You know, now that we're starting to pick apart some of the problems, I, I almost want to separate Quinn and Paterka for a second here. Quinn scores last night, but he also can make a defensive impact at times. Um, and Paterka, I've been trying to watch him closer the last couple of weeks because I know he's not putting up the numbers. And like, what is happening? Is he getting bodied off the puck? Is he is he skittish when he when he has it that he doesn't want to get hit, or is it just youth? He now has four assists, no goals and four assists in his last 22 games. And I'm wondering from you, like I- I'm usually Mr. Let the young kids grow, learn in the pros, but I'm starting to wonder myself if it might not be an idea to throw him down in Rochester for for a few games.
2: Yeah, I mean, they
0: when they get it in their heads that they want guys to learn up here, they
2: did it with Cousins, they did it with... And that worked, you know, and, and now they're doing it with Paterka and Quinn, and they, they just decide that that's, that's that. Uh, Paterka has zero confidence whatsoever that he can put the puck in the net. He had a 2-on-0 the other day, and it really, I mean, it wasn't even close to looking like a goal. I mean, it, it was good good for him that they, well, they produced the 2-on-0, but uh, yeah, he has zero confidence in anything he's doing right now. He's not using his speed like he was. I mean, he was getting some good opportunities to to score by using his speed, and he would just fly by the defense. Somebody would hit him with a pass, and he was gone. And he just doesn't seem to have any confidence whatsoever. You don't see that great big smile of his anymore. He's not enjoying the game right now because he's not playing it well. So I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, I don't think it would kill him at all to spend a little time down in Rochester just to get his confidence back a little bit uh, for a couple of weeks or whatever, just so he can feel the puck going in the net again. And, uh, you know, because you would think if he got down there, I think the puck would go in the net for him. And, you know, just be better, you know, when he could come up here. But they do get it in their heads that these guys are now part of the team, and their rochester days are over and we we feel we can they can do better if they if we stick with them up here and you know the assistant coaches sit with them and do film with them and that type of thing and learn up here but right now he just kind of seems like he's banging his head against the wall because of frustration
0: granado calls timeout early he pulls the goaltender so you know he does what the normal coaches would do to try to you know stir the team up I was wondering, Paul, throughout that game, if he would work his way back to the lines that he's he's had for months. I mean, he kind of said that last week when he was on with us, that eventually he might want to get back to the 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 like the Cousins-Paterka-Quinn line and um, Jost with Middlestat and olafson. And I was wondering if he would do that throughout last night's game. It didn't really happen, but I wonder from you if you think, Granado might return to the lines that we became accustomed to until like a week ago. I think he wanted to give Krebs a chance with you know, on a different line,
2: maybe a, a a chance with a line that has a chance to score type of a thing, where it's yeah, the the line he was on does have a chance to score. But we're not gonna call Gergenson's and Oposo offensive type players, you know, that Krebs might be looking for than the type of player, the t- dynamic type of player he, he is. So I think that was maybe a big part of it. Like, okay, let's give Krebs a chance on another line and see how he does. And, uh, you know, maybe it is time to just go back to what was f- totally familiar with them. And uh, But it still doesn't address for me this game. This game is an outlier for me. And maybe a couple of others, but especially this one. It doesn't address the fact that there was just no passion in what you were doing whatsoever. That, to me, isn't what line you're on. You're just standing there watching, including lines that have played together all year. I mean, and just letting it happen and just not showing any emotion whatsoever that you're getting waterboarded by your arch rival in your building and they're standing there laughing at you maybe maybe I'm old too old and maybe that would bother me and it doesn't bother the modern day athlete I don't know but I can tell you that and i'm not i don't i very rarely talk about myself, but I guarantee you that would not be happening if i was if I was playing in in where wherever I played. I guarantee you, I did not play on teams that would allow that to happen. People would be on the seat of their pants. Uh, I mean, it, it just nobody would be out there. We might lose eight to nothing, but the other team are, are going to know they were in a hockey game. Uh, if I if I was on a team that lost eight to nothing, and as I said, I, I know I'm old. No, well, maybe Paul, I'm me, just I'm just living in a fantasy world. But let me, let me show ask you, you care.
1: let me ask you about that. follow up on that because. You know, I don't think that many Sabres fans would be thinking it's time to panic about the state of the organization. But I no. guess but I guess I would ask you this, because off of what you just said, do you think that it's possible that a team like this that is young and every time they lose a game like this, a lot of the fans will say, like, hey, listen, it was going to be a good year if they were just in the race, already calling this year a success, right? It's It's been a good year. And it's not about we've got to make the playoffs. When we talk about it about the deadline, what they should do, it seems like it's already a bit of a, a a marked victory. It's already we're already at a parade for things are going well. Do you think that that mindset could creep into a team? I mean, it's on the coaches to not settle for less than excellence and less than their best. But let's be real: we talk about it like it's already a successful season.
2: I hope not. I mean, because to me, if you get 90 points or more, I think you do have a successful season on your hands. Because um, they're still they're still in the race, but yet they're still in what I've talked about all year long. You know, you got so far behind, it took so much to get back up there that you just get back up there and you just get there. But you're not going to win every game at this point. You're not going to win 30 straight games. And so, all right, you're going to have a little bit of a lull. Back down you go because there are so many teams around you. Now they're going to pass you. Now the lull's over. And now, okay, here we go. You know, all right, we we just won four out of five. Cool. Here we go. And now we're back in it. We're right there. But, you know, are they going to win nine out of ten? Maybe, but probably not. Not. You know, so now, oh, geez, now we just lost two out of three. Eh, back down we go because this team won and this team won. And whatever. So th- it's that kind of thing that's happening to them right now, too, as far as a playoff race. So, you know, I've just been, all right, they're in a playoff race. Cool. They got themselves back in it. Cool. And I'm not making any predictions if they're going to make it. They're not going to make it anymore. It's just like, let's see what happens. And I really don't have a huge problem with, sitting there and, and watching, let this team do it, if that's what they choose to do. I think they know this is, like, no, they know this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't your Stanley Cup-winning team. There are some players that will be, if you do win a Stanley Cup at some point, will be a part of it. But this isn't it, and they know that. I mean, Adams is the first one to tell you in, in any interview, if you ask, that, you know, we have a long ways to go. I've heard Granado say it. We've had we. I've heard him say on your show, we we still have a long ways to go, and maybe there's some guys on that team who are starting to get a little, little uh, overconfident that, yeah, look at this, we love each other here, and they do, you know, we we got a great thing going here, and you know the guys are great, and we all went to the Bahamas together, and and that is all good, that is cool, and that is part of it, and they do have a good culture here, but these guys got to understand that this is the NHL and this is not the group. And some of your good friends aren't going to be here when, 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 and if you win the Stanley cup, because there's still work to be done on this team.
1: Want to offer a thought on Ryan O'Reilly before we go.
2: Yeah. Well, they made it pretty easy for the guy. I mean, uh, he still had to score the goals and give him credit to go out there and score the goals. But, I mean, that as I I was serious. That looked like the Harlem Globetrotters of hockey out there. I mean, he basically just went popping in, and Lucan had to make a big save and couldn't. But he was wide open to, to go in there. And, uh, you know, certainly was uh, <laughs> somebody that helped that team out. There's no question about that, uh, that, uh, you know, he comes up with a four-point game against the Sabres. I don't know. How many four-point games he has in him? I don't know if this is going to rejuvenate him because in St. Louis he looked like his career was over. But maybe playing with better players, he wasn't playing with Marner and Tavares in St. Louis, and now he is. And when the, especially Mitch Marner, he can make you look good in a hurry. And uh, he certainly, you know, made Ryan O'Reilly look like he was twenty-five years old out there. <laughs> or helped him look like he was 25 years old out there. So I'm not going to judge the trade on this game because good there trade. was no resistance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was no resistance. So, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, as they get through the playoffs and everything how this trade helps him. If I were the Leafs, I would have been looking for a top defenseman more than I would have been a forward. But
1: uh, well, maybe they still are. The Leafs. Maybe they still are.
2: Yeah, maybe they still are.
1: Tampa and Florida to close out uh, Thursday, Friday, and then uh, Washington after that. Thanks, Paul. Take care, guys. Paul Hamilton's reports on WGR brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Relax Honda. Relax, we got this. It is. Uh, we'll get some stats of the game too. Brought to you
0: by Paddock Chevrolet, with you for the extra mile. For nothing. That's one of the biggest stats you could have. Here, here's one. O'Reilly in three games with Toronto, twenty-one percent of his season stat of his season point total. Pretty good. In three games. He's got five points. He had 19 in St. Louis. Marty Baron comes
1: up next. We'll talk to him about Lucanan his game, and also it's uh, the 16-year anniversary of the Ottawa fight game. So we'll uh, go down memory lane a little bit here on WGR.
0: Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is God. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader.